Oh, hi there. Before you dive into the podcast this week, I just wanted to let you know that the deadline to sign up for the January edition of the Now What is this Friday. The Now What was created in 2019 to help articulate the candidates, that's you, the employee, desires for something new and something different. I spend my days as a recruiter talking with lots of people who have a challenge knowing exactly what they do want and where they want to go next. And recruiters aren't best at figuring that out for you. But if you can come to us knowing what you really do want, we can help. I hope 2020 is a year that you can ask yourself, now what? Perhaps Tim Corker can help you get there. Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Team Corker as we enter a new decade. I'm with Bro. Hi. Welcome to the cast. <laughs> we love having Bro on the cast. It's a very special one. It's the first one of 2020, and there is no one better to come on to have this conversation than you, Matt Corker. Hey, what's going on this year? This year. Are you ready for it? Ready for it. We're going to dive deep right off the top. Let's do it. The end of 2019, we were talking about goal setting and how January, it's our favorite time to set goals. And you dropped a brilliant truth bomb in the office that said, what if we help people manage their relationship with guilt and shame and setting goals future focused, looking forward versus how things may have been in the past? Yeah, the, I think the what we were talking about was around how do we set goals so we are not fixing the past, but more so that we're creating a future that we want to live into. And with that, when we look at our the purpose of the Corker Co. is to redefine what's possible in your life so that you love every hour of your day, even the tough ones. And the tough ones are so important because those are the hours that push us, that challenge us that are the times when we want to give up, but we're grateful or we have this sense of acceptance around those tough moments. And part of being able to redefine what's possible in our lives is being able to see what is available to us in the future. And that is usually through a process of vision setting or declaration setting. And how we redefine that is usually by looking at okay, where am I playing small? Where am I holding back? Where am I listening to a story that doesn't serve me? Mm -hmm. And so if we're looking at like the culprits, if you will, it's usually fear, doubt, guilt, shame. Right. So fear, doubt, guilt, shame, hold us back, help us be small, help us live into and perpetuate stories of the past vision exercises pull us forward totally now one thing that i know for sure is that january is the time when people set goals typically around money and health i think are the top two did i get that right i think so top two so you either want to be saving or making more money and most of the time health goals revolve around losing weight Mm -hmm. changing your body the scale is usually a part of it in some way shape or form and We have made choices that have brought us to these moments in time, and now we want to set goals that change that. Mm -hmm. And I want the Matt Corker riff on (laughs) how do you accept what was Mm -hmm. and create into the future knowing that you are the size you are right now. 
and the your bank account has the amount of money it has right now. <laughs> right now, and you've made choices that have brought you to this point. Yeah. Um. Now what? Well, as as you were saying that, I was like, well, of course, it's around like losing weight or saving money because I think that one of the most common drivers I hear when I'm talking to coaching clients is they want a greater sense of freedom. Oh. And what they actually are feeling is like they feel stuck in their body. And it may not actually need to be a weight loss goal, but they want to feel like freedom can also mean freedom to be strong, freedom to be flexible, freedom to be fast. And there's different access points for each person, but weight loss has become like the culturally promoted experience. But when I talk to people, what's really underlying is this sense of like, I want to feel more free in my body. And sometimes that means like, I just want to be able to dance in my underwear in the mirror when I get ready in the morning and not look at myself in the mirror with such critical eyes. Yeah. That's also freedom. Drop the judgment. Well, it's like, or create a different relationship with it. Like it's going to be there. We're surrounded by advertisements that tell us that we're not, our bodies aren't good enough and we mm -hmm. need to dress them a certain way or wear makeup a certain way or have certain abs showing at all times, you know? It's more like, it's gonna be there. Judgment is gonna be there. And so we need to create a relationship with judgment that works for us rather than pretending like, I'm not gonna judge myself. It's like, I'm gonna catch myself judging myself. Right. So that it doesn't impact the rest of my day or the rest of my psyche. Yeah, absolutely. That didn't answer your question though. I'm bad at answering your question today. No, no, we were, we we're getting there, we're getting there. So it's great, like part one I hear is, is freedom. And it's almost like the sense of freedom from what has occurred in the past yeah. to create in the future, that yeah. feels really real. I want to get into a really specific example okay. because I think, <clears throat> spoiler, Matt Corker loves specificity. Specificity? Yeah, that word. Um, <laughs> so time goals. Yeah. Once upon a time, I ran a 10K in this time. Now I want to run a 10K faster than that time. Mm. We're going to role play here. So yeah. like, coach me on that goal. Is that a powerful goal? Am I setting a goal from the right place? If I say, once upon a time, I ran a 10K in 40 minutes. And now I want to run a 10K in 35 minutes. Yeah. For everyone who runs a 10K in an hour, and when Steph said 40 minutes, were you like, ugh, like know that? An hour 10K is very nice. All the professional athletes just shudder, being like, who runs a 10K? In 40 minutes is so slow. No, context it's not. is important. No, well, that I, think, that I think is the thing. So the context in which you set your goals matters a lot. And so are you setting a goal to get faster because other people mm. value that time? Mm. So do I actually care about getting faster? Or do I care that I then belong to a community that can run that fast? Mm. And so is the goal actually for the community or the goal actually for the time? Mm. And when you're clear on that, that'll actually help you achieve the experience of chasing that goal that you're looking for. Because if you want to be a part of a certain run club and your good buddy is running ahead of you, then you're like, fuck, I need to get faster <laughs> in order to run with my buddy. Mm. Or if you're like, I don't actually care about it, but other people will see me a certain way. And it's what we would call like a looking good goal. Then I would say you're setting it from an incorrect place yeah. or just a place that may not work in the long run. Like it may, you may achieve your goal and be left in an, with an empty 
experience. Mm. I think that is really, really true. And the piece that I want to add to that, coming from someone who does set and who has set and been very obsessed with setting goals around a clock, that clock goals are powerful as long as you have another goal that might even be more powerful that accompanies that goal. So you can reach the time, but if you're broken and unhappy, there's no point in in chasing a certain time. And um, I think there's something very juicy about a time goal based on who you are right now. And I know that I can say in 2019, I had a bit of a roller coaster and a surgery and a this and a that. And every race I have run or have competed in on the other side of surgery feels like a new best time because it's a new body. And it's the same in many respects, but there's some things that aren't there anymore. And so for me, it's all fresh perspective and it's really shifted my relationship with start lines. I still love them and I'll still chase them, but the freshness feels really, really sweet. So that's, that's, I think, good perspective. I want to ask you next, bro, about, so we come back to like the idea of resentment or goals from a place of guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. It's really great to set powerful goals and you speak about this a lot when you can check them off. I did this. Yeah. Okay. What about the goals or structure that that initially you can't fit into that? Mm -hmm. And they might be feelings. It might be how I want to spend my time. How do you take that? And I'm waving my hands in like a bit of a wishy-washy state. Mm -hmm. And how can you help us construct it down to something tangible, specific, with a buy when checkable goal? Yeah. So there's two things. One piece is around fear and guilt and, and, and that is making sure that you don't make a goal out of personal development work. Ah, okay, and say more. So if the goal is to be more patient, be more patient. Like that's, that's a habit. That's a habit. When you're triggered, do the work. And so that's not a goal, that's a practice. Practice, okay. And so... There are some times where it's like, I want to feel grateful or I want to be happy or I want like these sensations or experiences. And it's like, just let's separate a goal is an outcome by a certain period of time. Happiness is not an outcome that you'll achieve by a certain period of time. It's available to us when we do the work. And that can be riffed on in many different facets. The difference or like the flip side of that same question is, what happens if I want to start a new practice? So I hear a lot of, I want to meditate daily, or I want to um, write in a gratitude journal. And these things I think are really cool if they work for people. And so I like to provide options around, if you've never meditated before, don't set the goal to meditate every day for a year. If you hate sitting, Like set a goal to meditate for 30 days or for 40 days even and give yourself the opportunity to create a practice within a time frame. And that way you can actually check and evaluate, does this even work for me? Did this create the result that I'm looking for? Do I feel the way that I hoped I felt? And continue to evaluate it from there. And then you're also then in control of the time frame in which you want to have this practice in. Mm-hmm. And I would say like test it out first rather than commit to a full year of 
working out every day or meditating every day or only eating a certain thing every day and like give yourself the permission to edit along the way. Right. So speaking of editing, do you set annual goals in January for the year or do you edit your goals partway through the year? What does that look like for you? Well, we set our goals in December. And so Chad and I set our goals in before the clock strikes midnight. (laughs) And with that, that essentially sets me up for the rest of the calendar year. And we have our goals in our bathroom in a frame. And it gives me the opportunity every day when I'm brushing my teeth, either in the morning or at night, to check in and see, is this the vision that we're still working toward today? And what goal is on the list that still needs to be accomplished or still needs more effort or what conversation can I be in today that will help me advance these goals. And that structure allows me to be a little bit more organic with the check-in process for people that need a framework. I would definitely recommend checking in every quarter with your goals in a formalized capacity. I did that when I was first starting out in a really intentional way and I found that super helpful. And now keeping it more top of mind in a, what I'll call a passive context has really been my go-to these days. Amazing. What about you? Like where, when do you set your goals? Where do you write them down? Yeah, I am very much a fan of pen to paper, Sharpie to sticky note, in fact. And I put them Sharpie to sticky note in uh, moleskin and I usually go through several moleskins in a year so as the moleskin evolves or is complete then the sticky note comes to the next moleskin and I also have a training journal again I've gone pen to paper I just couldn't do the the online thing anymore so I keep them in the top of my training journal even though some, many of the goals don't relate to training, it's just a place that I often go Oh, so to. you would put like non-training goals in your training journal? Absolutely. They're my goals for the year. They okay. all relate. Mm. Yeah. And I see them as relating from a place of, I know that I'm a better person when I'm committed to my sweat goals and my sweat goals will impact my financial goals. Mm. So I just see it all as one. And then I do have some key habits or mantras or one-liners um, that I might write on mm. sticky notes and put them in places that to me, it means something in relationship with my goals, but other people might just think I'm putting motivational quotes all over my bathroom, <laughs> which isn't not true. <laughs> What's the current mantra? Uh, finish what you start with heart (laughs) and that's from Lisa Bentley it was the wrap-up of 2019 and it feels appropriate for 2020 Mm. too so yeah if it's been started it's here to be finished I love that yeah I wanted to riff on beginners on doing something for the first time Mm. and I know that you wrapped 2019 with a very exciting couldn't be more proud of <laughs> dance performance on stage. And I don't think that was necessarily a goal. It just Well, it actually was. Was it a goal? Okay. I'm so wrong. I had a goal to do three we did it moments that were sweaty. Amazing. And what was important to me was that I wanted to sweat with friends and I wanted to do three things different. And so a triathlon, a fondo, and a dance show made the list. Amazing. Yeah. And the dance show really took the cake for 2019. Oh, like highlight. Highlight. Yeah. So 
I mean, you might think you're a beginner. I think watching Matt dance is very fun. And <laughs> this was, I guess, next level dance this of is anything like, yeah. you've done before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's like, fair to say, next level. I can bust a move at a good living room party for sure, but not this caliber. This caliber. Yeah. So I want to know, you're scared, you're meeting new people, yeah. you're going to a new place. How do you bust through the, I'm going to do something new, I'm going to be a beginner, and... I'm going to love it as much as Matt Corker loves dance class <laughs> because your husband and I would go for runs in the morning in the dark in the rain and Chad would say to me if only I loved running in the rain and the dark as much as Matt Corker loves going to dance class and it kind of became our a bit of a joke of what are you doing that you love as much as Matt Corker loves dance class yeah and you were a total beginner oh I sucked so bad it so was so great okay tell us I think the big thing for me, so the process of finding this dance company, Culturally Defined, shout out Culturally Defined, all the amazing choreographers. What I realized was I found them on Instagram. I was following them for a couple of weeks. And I was like, this company just looks cool. Like there's something about it that I keep resonating with. And so when they advertise like, hey, we're doing something, I was like, you know what? Two feet in, let's go. And that was the moment when I said yes. And I didn't just say yes to like signing up for their 12 week program, but also like I said yes to being a beginner. And so it wasn't like, I'm going to interview and figure it out and see if it's for me. It's like, if I'm a yes, I'm a yes for 12 weeks. I'm not just a yes for a drop in class. And that to me was like a total mind shift because I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be a beginner for the first like three quarters of it. And then I'll be able to have some skills that are different. And I think being a beginner, it's really easy to then, it goes back to like that habit building. Like if you want to get better at something, give yourself a time frame. Mm. You know, you don't put the ingredients in a bowl and then pretend like it's a cake. Like it takes time to bake. So like put your ingredients in the bowl, commit, but then like give yourself time to practice, to do something. And I really believe in order to change your life, you need three things. You need a common language, a community, and a facilitator of some sort. And that common language could be a course, a book, a certain type of rhetoric, something that you're studying, but it could also be like the language of sport. It could be the language of dance. It doesn't have to be written. And you need a community of people to like be in it with you. And you need someone who's able to say, okay, you fell down, get back up. Or like, this is how we say this word, or this is how this move is performed and is able to guide that learning experience. And so from that perspective, it had all three of those things. I was learning the dance, like the language of dance. I was doing it with a totally different community and was lucky enough to convince two of my best friends to join. And then the third element was like, I had incredible teachers that were able to facilitate and translate all of their knowledge into the level at which that we were at. Amazing. I commend you, your enthusiasm for it was so sweet and so juicy. And he not only signed up for a 12 week program, it was like, there's a bonus class on Monday night and we're gonna go. And on Sunday, we're gonna practice for two hours. And it was a really sweet reminder of what it can look like to be that excited about something. Well, I think like that's the beauty of working in our strengths. And we talk about this all the time. It's like, Am I getting better at Excel pivot tables? No. Like I'm getting better at something I'd love to do. The things that I have a high appetite for, like that's where I'm going to get the most satisfaction in this world. Yeah. So in, I'm going to invest more time and more money 
on the things that bring me joy. Totally. And like the things that I don't have an appetite for creating or doing, then it's time to manage those. But I need to be like unleashing my strengths. Absolutely. I want to share that I think this is my fourth or maybe my fifth season skate skiing. And I still very much relate to being a beginner. I'm terrible. Last year, I fell down every single weekend, like face first in the snow, yard sale. I'm surprised I didn't break a bone. Every time, every weekend. And so until I can like get through a weekend without wiping out, I will certainly relate to or identify as being a beginner. And I'm sitting in Vancouver in the rain right now and I cannot wait for the snow to hit the mountains. And what I am mindful of is being a beginner doesn't necessarily mean doing something you've never done before. But what I know is that I look at skate skiing and think, how can I treat or handle this season differently so that maybe I don't wipe out? Or maybe I still wipe out and I can get up faster or whatever that is. And so I think it's pretty fun to, to your point, look at your strengths, look at what you have an appetite for and whether you're really good at it or not really good at it is not the point. But if you love doing it, fall down or otherwise, do more of that. Totally. And that's what I get excited about is thinking of what are the things that regardless of how I look of how good I am, I am really excited to do. Mm-hmm. So that's what lights me up. And I think that in that, you're, you're pointing to the concept of a beginner's mind. Always. Like if you still have some level of skill at something, we can always be sharpening the saw. We can always go back and refine and go back and be more curious about something. And the activities that we have a high appetite in will want to because it just brings us so much joy like oh i get to learn this new way of skate skiing or learn this new path or discover something new with a new buddy and that i think is the cool thing about being able to invest especially this year like the year of 2020 it's perfect vision it's the time to change your life if you're looking for permission to jump if you're looking for permission to sign up if you're looking permission to say yes like this is the moment you know yes So perhaps the antithesis of guilt and shame is to look forward, look forward to 2020 with perfect vision and know that we all have had stories and we've all screwed up and we're all beginners. We were all beginners once upon a time. And And you can be a beginner today. Today. Bro, we got a wrap. Let's do it. Let's make your heart beat faster. I am headed in a couple of days to the Newness Retreat in San Diego, and I am very excited to um, be a part of this. Team Corker has been powwowing with Noon on this since the summertime, I want to say, and we're bringing together some remarkable human beings for a weekend of redonk inspiration. What about you? What's making my heart beat faster? No surprise. Dance class next level starts <laughs> this, this month. And it's really cool. The crew that I got to be a part of, about half of us are coming back and up-leveling to the next level. And our choreographer is a pretty inspiring human, but also has a high rigor. And so we're a little nervous. And that nervousness is just the right, there's just an the right amount of nervousness in order to get me motivated and excited about what's to come. He doesn't need much to get excited. Let's be honest. I mean, I can do a mean body roll, but everything else is like, (laughs) we're we're working with a blank canvas here. (laughs) 
Welcome to 2020. May your year be a blank canvas. Happy dancing, happy skating, and paint with lots of colors.